tuned in to Full Service Radio. Full Service Radio. Full Service. Full Service. Full Service. Full Service Radio. Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit simplecast.com. Nice little Monday Monday afternoon vibes. What's going on, people? Uh, this is episode 61 of All the Fly Kids Show. I am your host today, Backpack Matt. We got the homie International G on the phone. I'm see if he can uh, line in real quick. Can you hear me, G? What's up? I can hear you, man. I can hear you. International G. I like that. Hey, man, I just stole that from Jack. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to our engineer, Jack. <laughs> Overheard that nice little gym, so I figured we put it on the air, man. Hey, what's good? Uh, for people who don't know, you know, uh, Geronimo knows is the, the main host of all the Fly Kids show and the founder of this show. And uh, he recently um, took a trip back home to his motherland in uh, Trinidad and Tobago, right? Yes, sir. That's, that is where I'm calling from right now. Um, it's hot. I'm kind of getting used to it slowly but surely. Uh, but it's been good so far. I've been down here since uh, last Tuesday. Yeah, man. See, I need to, everybody keeps telling me I need need to take a vacation. I just feel like if I take a vacation, I need to go to a destination that means something more than warm weather. And I feel like you've done that, right? Like you're not just going there for the weather, which is much needed, right? But you're you're down there with family. You're connecting back with your ancestry. You know what I'm saying? Like you got a lot of roots down there. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and that's why I, I, I took 17 days to make this happen. So, yes, everybody, I will not be back stateside until next friday um i would be down here through carnival so i'm preparing myself mentally for that Uh, everybody keeps telling me that um that that two days next monday and tuesday um i i need to make sure that i'm i'm fit i've been working out and so i think i can handle it but everybody's got me thinking i might not be able to make it yeah. we'll see i'm looking forward to it I you got gotta, you gotta break today, out so. the you gotta break out the foam roller man it's a lot of hip action going on down there at carnival i hear oh <laughs> man we'll, we'll see i'm i'm also i'm gonna organize a trip to come down here next year so uh stay tuned for that all right bet hey so tell me just a little bit of background i know you're from trinidad and tobago but what is that family history like if you don't mind you know, share. Okay, sure. So, so I'm not from Trinidad and Tobago. My father is. I mm-hmm. grew up DC area, PG County. Uh, my father, he came to the states in the uh, in the seventies, and um, you know, I've met a few of my relatives who, you know, they still live here, or relatives who migrated from Trinidad to the U.S. Um, and have been there ever since. And um, however. There was more family who I knew I needed to meet. Uh, two of those individuals are my brothers, uh, my brothers Curtis and Junior. Mm-hmm. And um, I have yet to meet Curtis. Um, he lives farther south in the country. I'm okay. right now. I'm about 15 minutes outside of Port of Spain, the capital. Um, and um, so hopefully I'll be able to get the link with him uh, before I leave. But I did meet my brother Junior, who For the is first the time? splitting image of my father. Yes. That wow. I have not met my brothers ever in life. Wow. So I got to meet my brother, Junior. Uh, he's about 10 years older than me. And um, I apparently have a whole bunch of nephews, um, one niece. I got, a, um, I got a nephew named Nicholas, who is uh, one hell of a uh, footballer. And that's okay. soccer that we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
So, you know, it was it's been really good. Everybody's been welcoming, engaging. Um I got some um some younger cousins who are really dope. Great young women. Um all of them have just are growing into their own. Um, you know, one works in nursing, uh one is going to be entering school for law. Um, another one, she's in her senior year of high school, and so we're thinking that she might even end up going to college in the States. Um, but just really, really great people, really, really great people. And I've been eating a lot of good food, too. I bet, man. I was going to ask you, um, besides packing on a few pounds before you get back here, do you can you already sense that when you come back stateside that you're going to have like a, maybe a renewed sense of energy or a fresh perspective or anything like that? Well, I don't think I'm going to pack any pounds because I'm always sweating. I'm sweating as I'm, as I'm talking to you right now. <laughs> you know, so I don't know. I doubt, I doubt I'll be packing on any. And the thing is, you know, I've been eating a lot of home-cooked food. Right. You know, so processed food isn't a big thing. I mean, there is some defi- definitely there's some American influence. Um, for anybody who um, follows my personal Instagram account, Geronimo Knows, um, I made mention about how KFC is a big deal down here. Yes. Um, in, in the Caribbean in general. Yes. And the, the Port of Spain KFC location is one of the highest grossing uh, KFC locations in the entire world. And the chicken's a little different, you know, And that, um, but even still, I, for me, I'm just like, it's, it's just chicken. You know what I mean? But, um, you, you know, um, I still be eating more, more home-cooked stuff, uh, a lot of stuff made from scratch. More than anything, my my big cousin, she baked three loaves of wheat bread this morning, and I said, <sighs> "I'm not even supposed to be eating this, but how can right. you resist?" Like you could just smell, she got you up smell this it. morning at three a.m. and cooked. You know what I mean? Um, but in terms of just my having a renewed sense of energy and just perspective, um, definitely, um, just just seeing it's really making me better understand how so many people um, migrate to the U.S. and really, 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 really take advantage of all of what we as American citizens, you know, born and raised, may take for granted. Um, Right. Just having a more practical um, perspective on life. Um, You know, I think, if anything, um, I've learned that learn to just better appreciate what I do have. And it's, it's definitely going to make me go even harder um, and just make sure that I'm able to stay in contact with my family because um, I've learned some things about my family, some good, some not so good. Um, and some of it has to do with just, you know, not staying in contact with one another, especially some of my older relatives, you know, petty beefs and things like that, yep. things that all families go through. Nobody wins but, when the family feuds. Exactly. So, you know, with with us being so spread out across the world, you know, everywhere from Trinidad to the UK to New York, D.C., Seattle, um, California, all these different places, Canada, um, it's really important for us to stay in contact with one another and just, you know, especially the younger younger relatives, you know, because the older relatives, they'll be passing on at some point and um, we can't allow those those petty beefs, because all these beefs are petty. From what I've been told and the stories I'm hearing, all these beefs are petty. Um, we can't let these petty beefs be passed on to us and us not stay in contact with one another and have strong bonds and things like that. So um, I think uh, most definitely my I will have a renewed sense of energy. Um, I'm curious to know how I'm going to react to uh, entering back in the cold weather. Yeah. You know, um, it's just so odd because it's, it's – 
a lot of culture shock. I've been experiencing a lot, a lot of culture shock since I've been here. But, you know, it's just been good. But it's just crazy, you know, it's only this hot and humid at home a few months out the year where here it's always summertime. Yeah. You know what I mean? They only got rainy and dry season. So, like, we just entered into, they just entered into the dry season. Right. Um, but, but um, you know, like I said, it's, it's been real good, man. It's real good. One thing that really, really tripped me out. Two things tripped me out. One, they don't have stop signs down here. So there's just the understanding that, okay, I'll stop, but you got to drive really aggressive down right. here or else you're not going to make it. Yeah, um, I, I, know, I remember when I was down in uh, Anguilla, I visited some of my friends uh-huh. down there, uh, some of my friends who have family who are from there and also from St. Thomas. Anguilla's uh, British Virgin Islands, St. Thomas is U.S. Virgin Islands. But, yeah, like there were stop signs down there, but like the taxi drivers just didn't didn't care at all, man. It was like definitely like you got to be most of the people who are there who are driving around are from that island. So they just follow island mm-hmm. rule, rules. You know what I'm saying? Like there's yeah. an unspoken code, you know what I mean? Like which is what I love about that. But at the same time, I can see how like with infrastructure, that could be a problem. I mean, I keep telling my cousins, if we didn't have stop signs in the U.S., people would just kill each other. <laughs> we oh, would be a rap. Pe- because people aren't that nice you know what i mean people, At least people are, yeah. people are courteous here you know for the most part so even though people are driving kind of crazy you know if you see somebody coming you know you stop you let people cross the street things like that yeah. um the other thing that tripped me out was um so once again that american influence um so they got kfc they've got pizza Hut. so my cousins brought in some pizza Hut the other night um, I got to do a hell of a detox. I've been eating way too much bread. But um, they brought in pizza, and I learned that they put ketchup and mustard on pizza down here. Yo, but yeah. here's the they thing. They put ketchup on the chicken ketchup, down there sometimes. The ketchup like, and mustard is different, though. It's not super acidic like Heinz and yeah. French's and nothing like that. It's, it's a little sweeter. It's, 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 it's not as thick. Um, it um, the ketchup almost doesn't even look like ketchup. I'm looking I'm like this is ketchup. It's not like ketchup. <laughs> um, so it didn't taste crazy. I'm like I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna try this. I'm a. I think it was a Hawaiian pizza too because it had mad ham on it. Or ham something. and pineapple. So um, did I remember tasting? I don't know. It just had mad ham on it. But I saw the, the the ketchup drizzled on there, and I said, you know what? Let me just try this pizza. And it wasn't that bad. It really wasn't that bad. I was like, okay. All right. Well, let me ask Not you this. Not as crazy as I thought it would be. So, uh, so I, besides the uh, uh, the conspiracy theory behind like gene mapping, I re- I recently gave like I gave up a little bit of my DNA to an- ancestry dot com, you know, because my mom mm-hmm. got me the little kit for Christmas, and like yeah. you know we've we've been cleaning up her house, um, which be- originally belonged to my grandparents, and so we've been just finding a lot of like photos and like. It's dope, like, just connecting it back to you and family and, like, just retracing things and figuring out the whole picture of a family. You know, just going back Mm -hmm. to old photos of, like, aunts and uncles and people I never met who died long before I was even born has really kind of inspired my family to be like, all right, well, let's dig a little deeper. Like, let's really kind of connect these dots since, you know, some of the older people in my family, like my mom, are getting closer to 60, closer to 70. They're not going to be there. You know, they have, you know what I'm saying? Like, time isn't always on their side anymore. So... You know, for me, it's like, all right, well, let's not just figure out, like, uh, immediate family and connect the dots. Let's see, like, where we actually come from, from, like, the motherland. You know what I'm saying? Or at least give me some sort of hint so I can find out more about myself, you know? So, it's just an interesting perspective, the fact that, I mean, you can already trace your roots back to to an island. You know what I mean? And, and kind of figure that out for yourself. 
Yeah, man, and um, just to even add to that, because I, I myself, I, I, I need to get on that. You know, what I mean, like I, I'm, in, in, when it comes to conspiracy theories and stuff and whatnot, you know, sometimes I'm all like, nah, I'm not, I'm not with this, and other times I'm like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, yeah, whatever. When it comes to the gene mapping and all that, so I, I'll give up some of my DNA. I mean, right. I mean, it's, they, it's not that hard. I mean, to, get to be my honest, DNA if, and... if they're gonna pull something on me, just you know. They got my social security number. Right. <laughs> so, um, but Fingerprints yeah, man, and all um, I, I want to go that far. And I even recognize, once again, just when it comes to genetic code of black people, um, just in general in the diaspora. Um, so, I went to um, a pre carnival event, um, this big event called the Army Fet. And Bill is the safest uh, of one of the safest sets uh, parties in. in for carnival and they've been doing it for the past five years so you know yeah. they're playing all this the, the, the latest soca all these bands are, um these performers soca artists are so, coming out marshall montana come this, out all that marshall, little allison montana, hines uh, uh, uh no that's a little old school she didn't, uh, but um yeah. who they had they had patrice roberts uh bungie garland, oh, bungie garland um yeah. who else um they had some calypso artists too they had that guy kez come out with his song hello he closed the show Word. um but um, when they were when all the soca artists perform, um, I I I really thought that I was at a go go for a second because it just felt the energy felt the same way, the people were dancing the same way, the 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 same types of instruments, the the in, in the, the, the 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 percussion really driving everything, and the horns and the guitars and all of that stuff, you know, that's very present in go go too, right. you know. That was all it is. Just a different rhythm, different, you, different, different pace. You, you know what I mean? But you, you've made that correlation it, it, before it, when you talked about what was it, RE or was it uh, Backyard going uh, to Africa? Right? Yes, 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 yes. They're going. They're going to uh, Ghana uh, next month. Next month, actually, they're okay. going to Ghana. And I'm saying to myself, like, I don't know how if people really realize how big a deal that is. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And for people to just eat doing the same movement, those drums just boom, right away. As soon as you hear them drums, it's just like your body just has to move. Mm -hmm. You can't stop yourself from moving. The only reason why I wasn't really partying so hard is because I'm just taking everything in and observing because that's the person that I am. Yeah. But it's almost like I want to, now I want my cousins uh, to come to the States and go to a go-go and see how they react to that. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I, I, I know, like I said, that genetic code is so strong um, and I know what the drum represents to uh, uh, um, just black people in, within the African diaspora and all of that. Yeah. So um, I think uh, since you brought up DC and uh, we're kind of we talked a little bit about Gogo, I wanted to bring up an article that we don't really discuss articles too much on the show. And I wish we did a little bit more often, like some, some of the current events going on in at least the city of District of Columbia. I know our podcast reach ex expands outside of that. But, you know, I think you saw like on Twitter, it was like the top 10 or 20 cities for african-americans and like dc was number one and then like atlanta was mm -hmm. number two like and you know i think that's a you know i think we should dig more into why that's been the case and also today okay. like is that is that number real because that doesn't really take into account too many native washingtonians in that figure you know from what i understand yeah. i understand like the end you know the reason this was Chocolate City or it continued to be Chocolate City as well as PG County being the richest, you know, per capita 
uh, African American majority county was because of like the the government opportunities on a, a a citywide municipal level and a federal level. Is that is that the correct mm-hmm. for you? Yeah, that's 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 pretty spot on. And that I would even say when they come up with these figures, are they just looking at the 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 city proper, like the, within the city limits, or are they looking at the the, the metro area? So right. even with Atlanta, are they looking at the entire Atlanta area or just Atlanta proper? Right. You know the what greater, I mean? The greater um, area. Yeah. So, um, I think that that is definitely the case when it comes to D.C. They're looking at, you know, D.C. P.G. County. Um, they might even be looking at starting to look at um, Montgomery County and Charles County. You know what I mean? Because yeah. there's a lot of people who moved to those counties as well. A lot uh, of black people yeah. who were once residents of D.C., yep. regardless of whether or not they grew up there or they just moved and decided, okay, well, I need a little more for my money. I'm going to move to the burbs. Yep. You know, I, Far I out burbs, for real. Like, exactly. I have, I have an aunt who just, who's a native Washingtonian who just moved out to Charles County. You know, um, nice house, but super out the way, you know. Had to catch that good Waldorf airline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, Chuck County people don't come after me, but you know, you got to take the Waldorf out airlines to get out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, but, you know, I even, I want to I bring up another article, you know, when it comes to just populations in, in, in D.C., um, our guy Marcus Dial in front of the show. Um, to Marcus. He posted today on Facebook um, talking about uh, millenni- the population of millennials um, decreasing since 2016, and how many millennials who live in DC view San Francisco as a more favorable uh, place to live than DC. And because you went to school out in the Bay, yeah. perhaps maybe you can add uh, add a little context to that. And whether you, whether you see that as true, peers of yours. Um, who live in D.C., who who share that sentiment, or if you even share that sentiment. Yeah, it's, it's kind of weird because I, from my from my relationships with people who still live out, live out in the Bay in the San Francisco area, a lot of them are migrating to D.C. from mm-hmm. San Francisco. All right, you talk about it from a rent perspective. The cost of living is so much more. It's, it's actually higher in San Francisco, and it's starting to creep up in Oakland and other like surrounding areas as well, More more so to the more so than DC. Even though DC is getting pretty bad, it's gotten pretty bad over the years. Mm-hmm. But, you know, mm-hmm. I think there is a connection because and it's really about technology and the tech firms because a lot of the tech firms who are based out of San Francisco and Silicon Valley, right? Like that 2-hour kind of a uh, uh, a radius in Northern California, a lot of those companies depend on federal money and all the federal agencies yeah. and governments are based out here. So there's always been kind of like a a very strong connection between the Bay Area in D.C. in terms of the, the transience and, and, and the movement of, of, of skilled workforce, especially like mm-hmm. millennials like ourselves who, you know, are not yet ready to, you know, plant our roots and buy houses yet for the most part. You know, we see yeah. maybe they might see San Francisco as like a new frontier, but just from friends who've lived in San Francisco who are from San Francisco, a lot of them are moving here because you get the same number of opportunities. You can work for the same companies but just in, okay. a, in, a, in a much more favorable environment to actually kind of build yourself up. It's okay, because I was thinking that for millennials who reside in D.C. but view San Francisco as a more favorable place to live, as a more, more favorable option, I was thinking that that was the case because with regard to the, with regards to the tech sector, um, there's more 
diversity in the, in the types of companies um, and industries that these tech companies um, are, are, are functioning in in San Francisco as compared to D.C. Yeah, perhaps. And so, yeah. Mo- and, and for the same reason why so many people over the years have gone from D.C. to New York, perhaps it's a similar thing with people in D.C. wanting to go to San Francisco, you know, even though New York and D.C., not New York and D.C., but New York and San Francisco are way more expensive to live in than D.C., um, especially Manhattan. But um, that people will take that, will, will, will make that jump just because diversity of options, you right. know what I mean, is greater. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, here's, 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 here's and there's two books I'll cite because I've kind of read up on this a few years ago. Um, one is uh, a popular book. It's called The Rise of the Creative Class by Richard Florida. And then another book yeah. is The Rise of the Rest by Steve Case, uh, founder of mm-hmm. AOL. AOL was actually one of the top, you know, it was the giant back in the day, but they were actually based out of uh, Reston, Virginia. Um, so even though yeah. they were a tech giant, they still like very close to that federal space. You know, uh, Steve Case mm-hmm. came from that space. But anyway, that's besides the point. What they were both kind of alluding to in their in their books was, you know, um, which t- ties into kind of urban renewal gentrification a little bit, too, is that uh, places like San Francisco became extremely popular in the tech space because of the culture that was developed originally by underserved communities in that area. Right. The culture got mm-hmm. there first by, you know blacks latinos uh underrepresented whites you know and then you know uh, a creative group of people moved and gravitated to that city like so many other urban cities because of that love and that environment which spurred more innovation right uh naturally in the tech space now as a result of that like the the housing prices as demand based off the companies that were being established there off of the innovation caused the housing rates and prices to go up if you can follow me with that which ended up pushing out everybody else who had originally built that culture, which is the cyclical Mm -hmm. nature of gentrification. But talking about um, Steve Case's uh, The Rise of the Rest book, um, San Francisco, which was the hub of tech, right? The granddaddy of them all has pretty much been super saturated, right? You know, it's extremely hard to get housing out there. Like it's so many firms, so many startups. It's just, it's difficult to really break through and be something different. Like you really got to have a bunch of capital, this, that, and a third. What that's causing is the rise of innovation in other cities outside of the Bay, right? So now, like, Hollywood is trying to, you know, put a bunch of money in. L.A. is trying to put a bunch of money into tech and um, incentivizing startups to stay in Southern California as opposed to migrating north. D.C. Mm -hmm. is already making a big push for tech innovation and startups because, you know, if you want to seat at the table in San Fran, it's going to cost you that plus, like, way much more in taxes. You feel me? So... You know, it's just kind of a, a an effect. Like if, if if all the seats are filled in San Francisco, everybody moving elsewhere. And the biggest bag outside of the tech sector is the federal government, and that's why DC will right. always be a big player. Yeah, I can go down all these right, wormholes yeah. all day, man. You know, I know nah, I don't think I the listeners want to hear I know that. You but. Can, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already hip, man. I'm already hip, man. Where, where, where's our guy, man? Yeah, I'm, I'm texting him. So um, we actually have a guest today who's uh, should be pulling up in a few minutes. Uh, uh, Mr. Amir Enriquez, he's in a little bit of traffic, so you know that's why I'm so gracious and grateful for for G coming on the line, even though he's on vacation, so that we can supply, you know, our listeners and our supporters with a quality at least 45 minutes of of content. So thanks, G. I appreciate you for coming on. Nah, absolutely, man, absolutely. And you know, um, like I said, um, y'all are definitely going to be hearing more in 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 the coming uh, next couple months or so about. Uh, 
I'm want to definitely organize an all the fly kids trip to Carnival in Trinidad for next year because I want people to experience this. And I'm I haven't even done the big event yet, but just in the time that I've been here, um, and even talking to people that I know who've done it, who've come for Carnival uh, from the states, um, I think it'll be. I think it'll be a dope experience, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, Trinidad isn't one of the countries in the Caribbean that uh, you hear people talking about visiting very often. And um, I think that if I could do my part to help change that, I definitely want to, especially with with my lineage being um, so strong here. And um, I think people are going to love it. So stay tuned for that. It's coming. All right, so we're going to do do a quick uh, break and – when we come back, we'll have Mr. Amir Enriquez, and we'll uh, finish up the second half of the show, man. So just stay tuned. Okay. you're listening to is called Ruby's Butterfly by a producer named Keto. Coming right back on All The Fly Kids Radio. Yo, yo, what up? This is Backpack Matt, and you are still tuned into the All the Fly Kids show. Thank you for kicking it with us and waiting for after the break. Uh, we actually have a special guest in the room right now, but, you know, let me give him a proper introduction. And also, let me mention that this is still episode 61, and the name of this episode is Follow Codes and Study Game. And uh, we have Mr. Amir Enriquez of Dry Goods and Garments. And um, you can normally find Amir cruising up and down New York Avenue on his bike, connecting with D.C. residents, both native and transplants. Amir Enriquez, uh, born and raised Washingtonian, is a founder of Dry Goods and Garments, uh, a locally based clothing and accessory supply shop. Um, spend some time with this millennial, this young man, and you'll quickly be put on to more than just clothes. He has a, a keen sense for business and identifying opportunities to get to the bag, which is what we're all aiming for. Um, he's put me on to so much, including foreign exchange markets, trading and cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, way before the discussion really blew up on Twitter. Um, and all, all the more appreciative for that. So, Amir, welcome welcome to the show, bro. Appreciate it, brother. I'm glad to be here. How's what everything? Up? Everything uh, is good. Yo, uh, Definitely glad you could make it. <laughs> we got Geronimo on the line calling in from uh, Trinidad and Tobago. Oh, what up, what up? That's a, that's a nice place to be right now. Yeah, man. Shout out to the Line Hotel. Yeah. Shout out to Full Service Radio. Shout out to Jack Inslee, our, our amazing engineer and founder of FSR. So, big love to him. 
So um, just to we start off, we gotta go get a soca horn drop real quick. Oh, the soca horn <laughs> drop! <laughs> you caught me off guard. I'm gonna surprise you, you with the off guard with it. <laughs> All right, so uh, just to start off, you're you're a na- native Washingtonian. Just tell the people where you're from, what part of the city, like, because uh, I've known you for being in like the Northwest area. New York Ave is like your street. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I grew up on New York Avenue. I grew up right near New York Avenue and North Cap, yeah. and that it's kind of known to be a, a very violent neighborhood <laughs> yeah but um i was i was very blessed my mom kept me in good hands um i wasn't outside a lot but i was very aware of yeah. what was going on out, outside um the neighborhood is called the border it's okay. kind of like the border of northeast, northeast and northwest, northwest. Yeah. exactly yeah. so first quarter. exactly i grew up right over there first some quarters okay <laughs> hey g you want to give us a little background on some quarter Nah, man. <laughs> 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 let, him, let him tell it. Yeah, yeah. Real quick, I got to jump off the line because my aunt is blowing me up, and I need to get with her at some point today, but I'm glad I was able to check in. Y'all enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourselves, and have a great rest of the show. Hey, man, thank you. Be safe out there for Carnival. All right, there it is. There we go. Hey, that's perfect, too, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, yeah, uh, so you've, you've, you're from that area, from the border, you're from North Capitol Street, which separates the east side from the west side. You've been there your whole life. I know you've probably seen a lot of this change going on firsthand. Like, what does that look like in your perspective as somebody oh, yes. who's from here? It's, uh, it's very interesting. Like, growing up, I've, I'm used to, well, I was used to hearing plenty of gunshots every day. You know, the neighborhood beefs and the just the ownership of the streets and the attachment to the the neighborhood names right. and titles it was different like we the dc people clinged onto the streets and just claimed the culture a little more differently yeah, it's very much so neighborhood based as opposed to like you know california it's like high level gangs and stuff like that exactly here is very much so we're blocking from a west set of apartments right exactly and it, you know it, it tied hand in hand with the music the go-go i grew up on go-go Word. like at one point Gogo was my definition of music. Like right. I didn't know anything Anything about Wiz Khalifa, Kanye West, Jaden, like literally, I swear to God. So what what age did you finally kind of step into hip-hop? That's kind of a weird question to ask. 14? Word. So so who were you listening to? Was it just like, you know, the classic uh, Backyard, uh, Rare Essence, or was that a little bit before your time? Like, are you... Everything. It's it's funny because my dad is from New York, so I grew up with, like... uh, Guru and Rock him and yeah, you know yeah. real hip hop, but right. I was never like I listened to it throughout the house all the time, so that was normal to me. Right. right. So being from DC and being exposed to Go Go in middle and high school, I was like, oh wow, I yeah. tapped. This is this is my music, and this is what everybody else was listening exactly. to back then too, right? This was all we knew. Yeah, I went yeah. to Go Go's all the time. Like it wasn't DC was a different place for young people. Like we didn't go to concerts, right? You know, we, we went didn't. To the go-go. We went to the go-go. Yeah, that was like the concert. And so, after a while, um, growing up, getting older, getting closer to to high school and college, mm-hmm. you know, you get closer to real life and the world and right. more global sounds, broader perspective. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Have you felt like, um, especially because like I've talked to a lot of people who have started up brands out here. Like we've kind of some people say that we've lost a little bit of our um, uniqueness. What makes D.C. 
unique in terms of slang we're kind of using other people's slang a little bit more now we're not listening and, and praising go-go as much you know it's become in the background to hip-hop like how do you feel about that mm. uh, i kind of agree to to a certain extent especially with the gentrification like yeah. the city is changing it's becoming far more watered down you know far more political less cultural and grassroots so i feel like with that and with the mainstream hip-hop swinging towards this atlanta sound and the mumble rap sound yeah we're kind of dumbing down our sound as well our sauce you know which but, is which is interesting because i feel like you know dc hip-hop is the biggest it's ever been yeah you know? like right now we're doing great shy glizzy is the front runner for the city yo he has a grammy nomination that's like crazy that's fire <laughs> That's dope. I, it's amazing. Like I'm, a, I'm a huge Shy Glizzy fan, and I, you know, he sounds like he's DC. Yeah, coming, you know, 37th, right? Yeah. So, um, I mean, you. So tell me. So you started Dry Goods and Garments. What is Dry Goods and Garments in your own t- uh, words? And also, you know, tell me like the the brief story of how you got from point A to point B to actually launching it and and, and running it. So Dry Goods and Garments is is like my my baby. It's like my. Uh, my child that I'm raising right now. I'm rocking the gear right now. I got the in the field tee. <laughs> it looks beautiful. It's dope, yeah. So um, several washes and it's still good quality. Yeah, right? them comfort colors Absolutely. don't you know it, it lasts great over time. Yes. So dry goods is. I started this this clothing line when I was in high school, and it was actually called From a Flyer Society mm, back then. Okay. And uh, I was the old high school brand. Exactly. <laughs> so this is like six, seven years strong. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to intern at this black-owned screen printing shop called Unities, and wow. my mother is a great, is a good friend of the owner. Mm-hmm. So that was my network is my net worth example there. Okay. So I was interning at the at the screen printing shop. I learned how to screen print. And I was masterful with that art yeah. before even graduating high school. Word. So with that knowledge, I was like, hmm. Instead of printing huge orders for these organizations buying in bulk and shit yeah Yeah. let me just let me make my own shirts right and so i started doing that and it was great it was it was running well i was successful i quit my job in high school to sell t-shirts and then um i was actually uh recruited to design and print all the t-shirts for my graduating class and the graduating class right after mine wow so it was. Did they give you a budget? Did they give you some bread for that? Yeah. Or was it just to try to get you for the love and all that? Yeah, it was nice. It was it was worth the uh, the job, but it you know I couldn't live off of it right, forever. Right. I mean, but still, and coming out of high school like that, it was great. It was the most amount of money I've seen at one time. Where just that. one lump sum. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, whoa, three thousand dollars. This is, you know, that was like my refund check. Right. So. And I know back then, like I think we're we're around the same age in high school. It was, Every high school that you went to, and maybe this is across the world, but, you know, there's at least two or three or four different groups of people or guys who are starting T-shirt brands, right? Oh, yeah. You know, so we all have seen it, but most of those brands have stayed in high school. Like, you know, you're not wearing them tees anymore. So what kind of separated you or what things did you incorporate in your your dream and your drive that kind of differentiated you from the rest of the people who are doing status quo T-shirts and stuff? Mm. You're very good with the questions. Hey, man. (laughs) Shout out um, all the fly kids, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, that's, that's a good one. So my philosophy is um, I like timeless creativity. And I like things that never look, like, uncool, you yeah. know? And so with Dry Goods, I've always, it's always been. Uh, You're not following trends. 
I've never yeah. followed trends. I've never really been into, oh, yeah, let's, you know, last year orange was a hot color. Everyone was dropping orange this and, you know, black and white that. I've never really followed the trends. I've always kind of been on my own wavelength and uh, kind of paving the road for my brand myself, kind of creating its personality right. so it can be seen by others for exactly what I want it to be. Right. And so, and you know, I've seen that because you tell me like you, you did your own website, right? You designed your own website. Exactly. Um, I've kicked it at the crib. You have your own backdrops to take photos that you would post up on the site to sample the clothes. Right. Yeah. Like you do your own pressing still. Right. Sometimes like, yeah, everything's in house. Uh, I kind of, I don't really like to outsource even for creative inspiration. Like right. I, I'll, gladly receive any input mm-hmm. for ideas like oh yeah you should print this color you should do baby tees women's v-necks <laughs> and like all right i've heard it all this baby is nice <laughs> you know but when i just stick to what i think works best it just flows yeah because um, it's your full vision you trust yourself you know exactly yeah i have no doubts and you know just i'm studying pop culture studying what people are into studying yeah. what what flows what does that study in for you look like because me like you know, if I'm fascinated by something or I'm really, like, interested in learning more about it, I'll do, like, the day-long YouTube binges. I'll order the books on Amazon. I'll, you know, go just Google whatever the fuck I can find. Like, so, mm-hmm. like, for you, what is your process in terms of getting inspiration and kind of, like, fortifying the skills that you already have? Sharpening that sword, you know? It's, uh, it's sort of a blend of everything you mentioned yeah. plus just being out in the field. I'm, yeah. Just being out on the move in the city, seeing different people from different walks of life, uh, traveling to different parts of the country, like going, even just going to L.A. and seeing how in such a warmer climate, folks are a little more, you know, free and experiment. uh, Exactly. With the the way they dress themselves, the way they walk and talk, all of that. I just absorb it all and apply it to the next the next creative session I right have. right yeah yeah i definitely can relate to that i just came from uh socal a couple of weeks ago for a work trip and just spent a couple hours down uh, at long beach and you know just to get that vibe for a few hours just to see a city that i wasn't really too familiar with i was familiar with la but not so much long beach but then coming back with more inspiration for you know how we want to do shots or you know who i want to interview for the next podcast and exactly. stuff so i definitely get that exactly uh, uh when i met you at the time, you were taking, like, night classes in business, I think, right? Yeah. Um, and at a certain point, you were like, I don't really, this is not worth my time, right? You decided to, to take a different route. Right? Exactly. So, uh, I'm pretty much, I'm I'm a nice black statistic. I'm a college dropout. Um, I did not want to pursue finishing that because, not because I don't think it's great or a nice thing to have a degree. Right. It's just... I know for a fact that I'm not going to utilize it to get a job. Yeah. So I'd rather put forth 100% of my energy towards, you know, chasing my dream and, you know, grinding to build my business as an entrepreneur as opposed to getting this accolade so that I could somehow attain this amount of money so that I could then chase the dream (laughs) that I'm trying to do. So it's like, let me skip that step. If I don't have to wait, why wait? You know, and why put myself in debt potentially to put myself on a track that I don't, I'm not fully invested in, right? Exactly. And so it's the tough part is 
you know, financially stabilizing yourself. Yeah. But in D.C., I mean, there's you can get creative. There's lots of ways you can use your, you know, freelance skills to come up with some cash. Yeah. So, this is the freelance economy, right? They say I forget what by what year, but um, the majority of the workforce, especially amongst millennials, would be more freelance consulting as opposed to in-house staffer. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. uh, that that ability to kind of just get a consultant rate, get multiple gigs and support and sustain yourself is a viable option for our age group, which is crazy. Yeah, it's it sounds like a beautiful new world to me. Yeah. But you've been kind of early on some of those things outside of just the freelancing of, of applying a labor to, uh, to a skill to get money. Like you found other ways to supplement income by putting me on to like foreign exchange trading, really getting into financial markets. You were really early on to crypto and Bitcoin and some of these things before like you know the masses had even heard about what the hell bitcoin is so what kind of sparked that fascination for like finances and and being in in the market and like what skills have you learned and how has that helped you out in terms of supplying your dream for dry goods um i don't it's hard to pinpoint when i kind of fell in love with finance and being in in touch with my finances but um I would say it derives from my parents. Both of my parents are entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. My mother's and she's a photographer that's been running her own business for 30 years. So they're, she's a creative entrepreneur. Exactly. That, right? Yeah. So ever since I was literally been able to walk, I've been following my parents around on their creative endeavors. Yeah. So that kind of gave me the, the foundation to chase what I want, kind of be on top of my own finances. Yeah. And so... Um, when I was in college, I originally started doing electrical. I originally majored in electrical engineering. Oh, word. And yeah. So, I didn't notice. I thought it was yeah. business the whole time. My first, my freshman year, I was at VCU for electrical engineering. Shout out to the Rams. Yeah. Yeah. And then I uh, changed my major, lost the full scholarship, came back to D.C., and I switched to uh, business management. Okay. And then after about six months, I switched again to marketing. Yeah. Six more months, I switched to finance. <laughs> And then uh, while I was studying finance, my only goal is, like, I want to learn how to trade. I want to learn how to make money without relying or communicating with any people. Mm. How do we do that? And um, That's a great way to sum it up, too. Exactly. Like, yeah. And so. Passive. One day I was walking through, through class, and uh, I saw an old high school associate of mine, and he was he was playing with this app on his iPad. And, like, I saw charts, candlesticks. He was trading something. And I was like, what is that? And he told me, he was like, yo, go home, download this app. It's called GoForex. Mm-hmm. And from GoForex, that was a learning app that mm-hmm. basically gave you, like, very basic tools to begin trading in the foreign exchange market. I had no idea what Forex was at the right. time. So I skipped classes for the next week. It was pretty much at that point that I dropped out of school. And Forex is foreign exchange, which is the trading of currencies, uh, against each other worldwide right exactly Mm -hmm. so like currency pairs currencies are paired together Mm -hmm. and you can trade on the uh, success or demise of the rate that they produce so like the u.s dollar the strength of the u.s dollar against the japanese yen gotcha okay and so you can make money as the price rises or falls yeah which is Sounds too good to be true. And you say it's recession proof, right? Like it's a lot of these things like are, you know, you can't really run into those pitfalls with certain types of trading like Forex, right? Exactly. 
as long as you diversify your portfolio and you know don't put all your eggs in one basket forex is it'll thrive it's far more i think it's far better than the stock market the daily turnover is over a trillion dollars the daily turnover for the stock market for any stock market the new york the london or the japanese is less than five billion wow so it's just like what's the what are we talking about exactly (laughs) So what about, because uh, we don't have too much time left, but uh, cryptocurrencies, I know it's kind of going through a rough patch right now. Like the, when I checked, Bitcoin was down to like 8,600 per. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Under seven right now. Fam. Under seven. Oh. <laughs> it's looking bad right now. Woo. <laughs> at the same time, it's, uh, you know, this is a natural market occurrence when, when, um, when new currencies are introduced, you know, it takes a while for the world to, to adapt to them. Like when the credit card was introduced, it took 40 years for the country to get on board and, mm-hmm. and you know acclimated so i think that the cryptocurrencies uh it's great its purpose is to decentralize you know the banks and get the people their power and i think that in the long run it will eventually be a dominant force, force. so uh i i'm trying to so for somebody who is hearing you and they're like wow this guy's making a ton of sense like how do i get you know into uh foreign exchange trading because everybody's hearing crypto 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 like how do they get into foreign exchange and how do they safely get into like maybe the cryptocurrency market like what would you recommend um i would recommend a few things for cryptocurrency i would definitely recommend the coinbase app which is the most popular app for acquiring cryptocurrencies on the go on your phone Mm -hmm. without like you know submitting a picture of your id of your like bill statement to make (laughs) sure you're a resident of what have you so there's coinbase and then another very popular app is um it's called evercoin evercoin is nice for acquiring the alternative coins like ripple and tron the smaller not so major currencies Word. i'm hip I'm, I'm not i wasn't hip to evercoin i've been hip to like binance and bittrex and all that stuff so exactly that's good to hear and um with forex i recommend downloading go forex go forex is just a learning app it's very simple it's like 45 30 to 45 minutes of text and it goes over exactly what the forex market is mm-hmm. how to get involved in the benefits and yeah yeah i know amir recommended it to me last year and i went through the the slides and it, you could do quizzes and stuff to stay sharp on it it's really quick to pick up man so that's really blessed me in terms of supplemental income and also you know doing that before getting into crypto really helped me out in understanding crypto as well um so also when it comes to dry goods and garments like do you have any immediate plans on releases like where can people check out the the offerings that you have like just in general uh, speaking of releases, yes, I'm I'm working on a lot of new merch as we speak. So for March, I'm going to be dropping uh, lots of new things. I have hoodies, I have shorts, lots of t-shirts, water bottles, umbrellas, lots of lots of lifestyle items that everyone can use. But you know, of course, they look cool and catchy at the same time. Right. And um, dry goods and garments can be found at drygoodsandgarments.com. Mm-hmm. Pretty simple. I know it's a long website, but some um, people who can't get their domain domain name though, so that's that's a big accomplishment to have that. Oh so. yeah, thank you. I'm working on shortening it. So uh, <laughs> it straight up easy. dry goods or something like that. Yeah, Drygoods.com is like three thousand dollars. It's so hard to get right now. <laughs> Holding that shit hostage. <laughs> I know. And where can people find you uh, individually? Like, are you on the social media streets, or are you kind of keep it low key? 
Um, I'm I'm around, but I'm, I'm <laughs> very um, very low key person. Um, but I can be found on Instagram very easily. My name on Instagram is Dry Goods Cap Goods with an S. Um, and I'm a very relaxed individual. I built I post here and there, mostly about the clothes. Very business oriented. So, but I respond. So you know, if you reach out to me, I got you. Word, word, word. And uh, yo, I forgot to say this earlier, but make sure you rate, comment, and subscribe. Uh, we love the support, and uh, I get all the texts and the feedback from everybody on the low, and I appreciate that. I appreciate y'all for listening, and I hope we continue to supply you all with good content. Make sure you rate, comment, and subscribe on iTunes. You can find us on Stitcher, Google Play, wherever podcasts are really downloaded. That's where we're at. Um, shout out to Full Service Radio. Shout out to Jack Inslee once again. Shout out to Amir for coming on the show. We really appreciate you for blessing us and blessing the listeners with some knowledge. And uh, thank you. We'll catch you all next week, man. We got a treat for you all. Peace. Thanks for listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Full Service Radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org. Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on mixcloud.com slash fullserviceradio. Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. Follow us on Twitter at Full Service RDO, on Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening.